0: Hi and welcome to this episode of the Projected Opinions Podcast, the best movie podcast in under 20 minutes. My name is Matt Noble. And I'm Nathan Payne. And this week, we're excited to bring you a review of the new movie, Tomb Raider. What's your name?
1: Laura. Surname?
0: Croft. Now, if you know anything about video game movies... There is a stigma that goes with them. This is no different. People were really skeptical about it uh, until Alicia Vikander, the uh, movie's lead actress, was attached to the project and everyone started thinking that maybe this was going to be a little bit of a different story. So Nathan, let's talk Tomb Raider. What's your initial reaction? And this time we're going to let us kind of explore a little bit more of what we thought about the film. A lot of you have asked for a little bit more time spent on describing what we thought Uh, without having spoilers. So, Nathan, take your time. A few minutes,
1: what did you think? Um, Well, I went into this having not seen the original Tomb Raider movies, Um, and we can talk about those a little bit later and, I guess, kind of compare the differences in eras. Um, So this movie was based on the new uh, reboot of the video games in 2013, I believe. Um, And I've had people telling me that it was going to be great, and people telling me that it wasn't. Most of the people that thought it was going to be good were fans of the video game. makes sense. Um, Having never played the video game, I was going into it kind of completely unattached to the original material, if you will. Um, No emotional connection to it. And it uh, it was a fun ride, but I do think that the true entertainment value comes with bringing a friend. And uh, the commentary that you can have through the movie. Um, you and I were fortunate to see this one together. I think it would have been a lot more depressing to watch it alone, to be perfectly honest. It was it was more fun being able to look at somebody else and know that they thought the same thing. Um, so to put it short, it is not a great movie.
0: <laughs> right. So I I also have never played the video game. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have seen the original Tomb Raider movies with Angelina Jolie, Mm -hmm. which I believe you have not. I have not. Uh, So knowing what this movie could be, um, I was prepared. It it is one of those movies where it's so bad it's good. Uh, So I think that you can enjoy this if you are willing to set aside a lot of uh, conditions (laughs) Like that the plot line would make a ton of sense that the characters would all be fully developed, the acting would be uh, above average, and uh, the cinematography would be glorious to watch if you're expecting any of those things,
1: this is not your movie. This is
0: not your movie uh, you got to set those aside um there There are moments of this film that I really enjoyed uh there's There's not a lot of them uh. Some of it is enjoyable because of the uh, predictability. Uh, We'll get to that later. We'll get to that later. Um, But I I thought it was was okay. For a video game movie, which uh, are often considered real bad,
1: I thought it was slightly better than (laughs) real bad. (laughs) Yeah, I will definitely say that I enjoyed this end-to-end more than I did the latest video game movie, which was, uh, I believe, um, Assassin's Creed. Hmm. That movie... Tried to become more than the video game and this movie I think knew its place a little bit more and so if you can turn that part of your brain that expects Artistry on another level off and you can just sit down for a ride. I think it's Your cup of tea see that's hard for me because I really don't
0: think you should Have to expect that kind of movie from video games I think video games often have really interesting starting points for stories Mm -hmm and if people would just spend a little bit more time flushing out characters, like instead of making it a first-person shooter, uh, instead of making it a explore this region for three hours kind of video game story, like take take that out and really develop some of the characters and motivations. Um, the backstory on this was super forced, and I don't think it had to be. I, I think it could have been vastly improved with a, just a tiny bit of, edits in the, mm-hmm. the screenplay, and more convincing acting. Not to say that I don't like Alicia Vikander in general. I think she's an incredible actress. She's very talented. Um, she She just didn't have a lot to work with in this film.
1: That's fair, and I think part of that is when you're watching this movie and they do the inevitable flashbacks to the character's youth and they're setting everything up, mm-hmm. it really does feel like you're watching a cinematic from a video game. It's not... It's not told in a very um, movie esque way. Yeah. It's and, almost copied and pasted out of a video game, and I think that if you tweak a few things and if you give them real motivations, which I right. think is one of my main issues with this, was character motivation motivations were all over the map. Like yep. changed by the second sometimes. I so. think one of the things that did you mentioned
0: flashbacks. Mm-hmm. They were so painfully stilted. In fact, they even changed like and went to that white fuzzy kind of like this is a dreamlike state flashback and i just thought that was just distracting from what it could have been like this could have been a really important moment that we're referencing back
1: in right it kind of killed the emotional attachment that you could have had yeah
0: it it just felt so forced and stereotypical um like they that the creators of this film didn't watch good movies from the past decade (laughs) so that's it's just a little disappointing. There there are good ways of doing flashbacks and and emotional trigger points. Uh, this film did not practice any of those.
1: Not really. Um, so before we get into spoiler territory, any last kind of uh, things that you can talk about, like uh, who worked on it and kind of um, feelings about the technical side before we dive into the story? Yeah, sure. So I thought the cast them, uh, themselves were actually...
0: Really well casted. I, I thought the the potential was there. When people started getting excited, I can see why. Mm-hmm. Uh, the villain is played by a great actor whose uh, last films include things like The Hateful Eight, um, the TV show Justified, several others that are like he that are acting heavy. Like he had to lift a lot of weight um, and was one of the main characters in those. And did an incredible job. Hateful Eight is one of the best Westerns of all time, in my opinion. Um, but there, there was just, you know, not, not anything given to him as a villain. I thought Alicia Vikander, if you've seen her in Ex Machina, uh, she's incredible and mesmerizing. She wasn't really in this film, uh, which is disappointing because, like, I thought they all had a gravity to them mm-hmm. in their other work. That just felt really absent here, and I, I maybe that was the director. He's a Norwegian first American blockbuster film, and maybe that was like part of lost in translation kind of thing. Um, but it, it did feel very. I don't know. We can get into spoilers, I guess, and and talk more about
1: like why it was disappointing and and the things that they did wrong. So, yeah, I mean, the main thing for me is I was as I was watching this, and um, I was looking at more of the visual aspect of storytelling. And it It was just, it was just simple. It just played by some safe rules and it, it coasted along. It wasn't anything special and it didn't, it didn't give itself something that other movies didn't. Yeah. Yeah, I would
0: say also one thing um, before we move on the, uh, the special effects usage in this film, real rough, bad, like very bad. No reason to use special effects in many scenes, and yet they did so. Um, I, and I'm not certain why, if it was, they thought, cheaper and less time-consuming or, or what. But um, it was very obvious where they cut and pasted Lara Croft into larger scenes. Yeah, yeah, like into in something uh, like a, a plane or
1: a river or a tomb or anything and I don't know if that's because they had a time constraint or if they had a money constraint, but one of those certainly did affect this because there was a lot of things that normally you wouldn't think that you would do with a computer with graphics that you would try and shoot at least live action and insert later. Mm -hmm. Like, it doesn't have to be shot all at the same time. So generally, you would shoot a live action element and just insert it into your already shot footage but here they went for computer-generated things which kind of leads us to believe that either they didn't have a lot of time to do good computer-generated things or they didn't have enough money to shoot it live action versus quick cg um
0: so so spoilers spoilers all right uh you've been warned spoilers from here on out i think this movie could be summed up in one word predictable predictable Wow. So let's talk real quick. So we saw this together. Yes, we did. Um, there were maybe eight other
1: people in the theater. So maybe and some of them. Small crowd. Some of them were families, so we didn't feel bad about whispering.
0: Uh, also, some <laughs> of them were probably sleeping because they were like seventy-five years old. That's true. Uh, and this movie just wasn't that exciting. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. So once we realized what was going on, I think <laughs> uh, we we began to. Start making bets on, like, what's the next scene? Like, right. What's the thing that this is going to lead into? And we
1: got what, almost a dozen of them, right? Probably close to. We started I have notes. a list of the bigger ones that I could remember um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight main things. And that um, was like after what, 20 or 30 minutes? That was well into the movie. Um, it, it started when, so <laughs> she starts this uh, Fox bike race at the beginning it's kind of like the first action set piece and uh so she gets a can of paint and it's going along and after i figured out that i was being colorblind and that the paint was actually green don't mind me i go you know matt i think the color green will be important later (laughs) and matt looks over me and he goes "Uh uh-huh and we don't think about this at all and then in the end in the tomb green saves their life Mixing blue and yellow together to get a green light ends up saving the whole company.
0: Never mind how the (laughs) heck the tomb mechanisms know what color the light is inside the tomb.
1: Yeah, like, Like, at least with Indiana Jones, it's like a pressure sensor that you can make out of rocks. And, like, that makes sense. This kind of stuff is not set in any reality that I'm aware of. No,
0: it was real bad.
1: Yeah, and so it, it really just went downhill from there. Um and it got to the point where i would start predicting the lines that people would say which is how you know that the characters are super flat yeah. because they have no real motivation or anything like that um so i predicted some lines from the villain. the villain right um when he first meets uh laura croft i predicted that laura would pass out after she like originally meets her dad and it will force her dad to like be kind to her and like recognize what's going on um and he's like still seeing visions which... and then she passes out which, oh, like, by the way, ugh. we need
0: to stop real quick and just make an aside about how horribly written this father-daughter relationship is. I have never felt more concerned for uh, two characters actually, like, tr- not caring about each other uh, in a long time. Like, they were—we were given all this backstory, all these flashbacks, trying the to build The worst part is that emotion. it's
1: not on purpose, It's like they tried to get you to care. No, that's what I'm saying.
0: There was a ton of time and a ton of footage spent on Mm -hmm. us uh, associating um, this relationship with, like, everything that they've both wanted. Like, the father's like, this is the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life. Laura, I can't believe I'm leaving you, but I have to go. Uh, And, you know, she's all sad about this as a little girl. Like, why do you have to go, Daddy? Uh, I miss you. I love you. Blah, blah, blah. They meet for the first time in seven years. There's Nothing. Like he you know doesn't chemistry. hug her. like she passes out and he like barely rushes to her like kind of like steps towards her and not in a like oh my gosh my daughter passed out from blood loss.
1: And then the the real cringeworthy moment for uh-huh. me was when he starts sewing her up and he's like this is going to hurt me worse than it hurts you. And I'm like what what is that Worst that was uh, I, th- I
0: think the next morning like he decides to shave quote unquote shave his beard uh, that he's been growing for seven years presumably. Uh, to try to like clean himself up and look more like the dad that he he left her as. W- why? Like, uh, if you're uh, what, as loose point, as this
1: guy, that's not on your mind right what, now. Yeah,
0: like, who cares what your beard looks like? You've been living off like bugs in a cave for seven years without knowing how your daughter is. He leaves her. She's she's Just in the cave. Hug her. He leaves her. Hug her. Uh, hug. Goes outside to cut his beard with scissors. Uh, and then the first thing that she does is like. Like, she comes out, and she's like, here, let me do that for you. Like, d- They're not talking about, like, how are you? What has your life
1: been like? Nothing. And, like, you might even expect that they wouldn't even be okay. Like, that she would be really mad. Like, no. there's no emotional reaction at all no. from either party, which is just... Oh, man, ugh. I was just like, things not to do as a father. <laughs> Act like this guy. Just watch this movie and <sighs> don't do any of that. Yeah,
0: No, I mean... So anyhow, like aside from the predictability, the, the, those two characters were, I think, the biggest misses.
1: Uh, right, I think if they had nailed that dynamic, I think we would have been able to look over a lot of the cliches and kind of the predictability that does happen, because this is a genre film. It is quite squarely in the video game adventure genre. So, you know, I expect a certain amount of cliches. But when, when you get to the tomb and we start predicting oh, all the jump scares and everything. There weren't
0: actually any jump scares. Well, well they, they were, were there supposed like to be. Yeah, okay, okay,
1: okay. Um, but they really didn't do anything. And then, so, funny moment. <laughs> Matt's huge, huge prediction. They open the tomb and he, they're rappelling down. And Matt goes, you know what? If there aren't zombies in this movie, I'm walking out. And I kind of laugh. I'm like, No no it's tomb raider why would there be be zombies zombies. and then and then they get to the tomb and there's literally stacks of skeletons laid out perfectly like they're going to reanimate and i'm like dang it matt's right (laughs) they're about to be zombies all over this thing there's going to be a huge zombie chase forget the boulder from indiana jones it's going to be a wave of zombies i was wrong so that you know but matt what turned out to be right turns out that whoever touches this queen gets sick yeah. And they get reanimated into a zombie into zombies. It basically turns
0: into twenty eight days later in a tomb.
1: It it really does. And uh, then, except twenty eight
0: days later was a really fun movie. And this one was just And it abides uh, by its
1: own rules. This one doesn't because there aren't any rules. There really aren't. So basically the rules of this disease are if you touch it you die. Um <laughs> except for when you don't need to die to serve the story. Except when your name is Lara Croft. <laughs> exactly. Um and she touches all sorts of dead skeletons that have this and she touches her dad and her dad touches things like parts of his own body that are infected and he doesn't Uh die and then she touches uh the bad guy when she kills him with the disease and she doesn't get it
0: it's, uh, Immunity, remember? They built that in. Like, oh, the queen was immune. That's, she was a carrier yes, but they time. never
1: explained that she's immune, so we're left to wonder, is that really a thing, or are we just ignoring oh, rules? Oh, don't worry. The
0: sequel will explain everything.
1: <laughs> right. Like, this is getting a sequel. Black Panther, in its week five, still made more money than this movie. And the sad thing is that the only movie that gave either of those two movies a run for their money was an indie Christian movie, so I don't, think, I don't think this is going to make a sequel appearance. But at the end, we were sitting there, and Laura's back in town. She's signing the papers. Her dad's officially dead. The company's hers. And I'm sitting there, and I go, the old lady, the lawyer lady, is the leader of Trinity, the bad organization. Matt goes, no. No, it's not. And she gets <laughs> in the elevator, <laughs> and you hear like this bad music. And then Laura gets back home. To the underground thing in all the mausoleum flashbacks. has all these flashbacks that basically tell you that this lady has orchestrated everything in the movie, and I'm Cut like
0: back to the meeting room, and like the elevators closing, and she has this like dramatic evil smirk. music, oh, so bad. Boom, um, told you. So this movie is not doing super great. It had like a 20 million dollar opening weekend, yeah, which is not the end of the world. But I think a lot of bad reviews, uh, I think it's, it's going to drop pretty heavily uh, pretty quickly. So I would be surprised if it actually makes
1: 50 million uh, total What was domestic. the budget on this, do you know?
0: Uh, uh, production budget was almost 100 million.
1: Yeah, so it's definitely not going into the black because they probably won't make production budget, let alone the advertising budget at least which not was domestically, which was huge. Um, the foreign total is
0: already over 100 million dollars. So that's helpful, but I don't think it's going to be enough. With marketing costs like added in there, it's going to barely break even, and uh, I don't think we're going to see this revisited, which is fine because I'd rather see Alicia Vikander do better things with her time.
1: Right. At least this way she won't get contractua- contractually obligated to spend time on this when we can have her in stories that, that are really compelling. Yeah. So overall, <laughs> final thoughts. If you... And a cinephile friend want to go have a great time and sarcastically comment in a movie. This is it. If that is not you, save your money and go to something in a couple of weeks.
0: <laughs> there are lots of things coming out in a couple of weeks.
1: Isle of Dogs comes out Isle this Dogs, week. Ready Player um, One, Ready comes Player out. One, and uh, uh, There's Pacific Rim comes out. Too. I don't know if
0: that's. Worth seeing. Uh, There's there's some
1: fanboys. There's more fanboys for that than are going to go see Tomb Raider.
0: There's also the uh, Steven Soderbergh uh, indie film filmed completely on an iPhone called Unsane. That looks kind of creepy, so it could be a fun scare movie if you're into horror. Um, But yeah, this is not a great film, and unless you just are... You got MoviePass, which, by the way, love MoviePass. Saw this on MoviePass. Don't feel guilty at all, so...
1: You can't waste money if you've... Already, already seen more it. movies oh. than, than the cost of the monthly pass. So right.
0: thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Projected Opinions Podcast. Please tune in next week. Uh, we're really excited. We're hoping to bring you a really cool special. Uh, but if not, we'll just have a review, hopefully, of either Isle of Dogs or maybe Pacific Rim. Who knows what we'll have a chance to see. Um, but thanks for
1: listening. And uh, we'll be back next week. Don't forget to like, comment, rate, and subscribe. Thank you, guys.